Please turn to Malachi chapter 4. That's the last chapter of the Old Testament. Easy enough to find, isn't it? This evening we're going to be considering the sending of Elijah. The sending of Elijah, Malachi chapter 4. Verses four, verses 5 and 6, the last two verses of the Old Testament. Let's read them now. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. In verse 5, there's an announcement from God that he will send his prophet Elijah. That's very interesting when you consider that Elijah, the prophet, was in the world 500 years earlier. Elijah was taken up to heaven in a chariot of fire as he walked along, talking to the prophet Elisha. As it is written in 1 Kings chapter 2 and verse 11, And it came to pass, as they, w- as they still went on and talked, that behold a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. That sensational departure from the world without tasting death marked the end of Elijah's prophetic ministry and it signalled his promotion to heavenly glory. And as I say, that was 500 years before Malachi The story of Elijah is truly fascinating and to say that he was greatly used by God would be an understatement. For example, amongst other things, the first resurrection from the dead that is recorded in the Bible happened when Elijah stretched himself upon a widow's dead son three times and he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. Also there was a time during the reign of King Ahab of Israel and his wife, the wicked Queen Jezebel, that upon Mount Carmel, Elijah challenged 450 prophets of Baal to invoke their false gods. A bullock was slaughtered and the pieces were laid on a wooden altar. Elijah then invited the prophets of Baal 
to pray for fire to light the sacrifice. They prayed from, from morning until noon without success. Elijah ridiculed and mocked them saying, cry aloud for he is a God. Either he is meditating or he is busy or he is on a journey or perhaps he, he is sleeping and must be awakened. They responded by cutting themselves, as you do, and the blood gushed out upon themselves. They continued praying until the evening sacrifice without success. You can picture that ridiculous scene, can't you? Those 450 prophets of Baal jumping up and down, shouting to their non-existent God, waiting for him to set fire to the sacrifice without success. After that, Elijah built an altar from 12 stones. He dug a deep trench around it, laid wood upon it, slaughtered another bullock and laid the pieces on the wood. Water from four large barrels was poured over the sacrifice and the altar three times and the trench was filled with water. Elijah asked God to accept the sacrifice. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. Elijah then brought the 450 prophets of Baal down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. I don't know if he did it personally or he gave orders for those 450 false prophets to be put to death. There's got to be a warning in that, by the way, for the, um, the false teachers of today, actually, isn't there? Coming back to Malachi chapter 4 and verse 5, where it is written, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. That is not literally referring to Elijah of bygone days, but someone else. I just couldn't resist mentioning some of the details that are recorded in the Bible concerning Elijah's Amazing prophetic ministry. Although, as I say, verses 5 and 6 in Malachi chapter 4 are actually about someone else. The first part of verse 5 is actually a reference to John the Baptist, whose prophetic ministry was about 900 years after Elijah and about 400 years after Malachi. For those 400 years from Malachi until John the Baptist, heaven was silent inasmuch there was no new prophecy as the Jews waited for the return of Elijah. This is where they left off. This is where we leave off with the Old Testament Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet. And then they had 400 years of silence from heaven. The fact that the Jews expected Elijah to come down from heaven 
and return to his prophetic ministry can be seen during the time of John the Baptist, when priests and Levites were sent to him to ask him, Who art thou? In John chapter 1 verse 20 and 21, it is written, And he, that is John the Baptist, confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they ask him, What then? Art thou Elijah? And he saith, I am not. Very clear, John the Baptist was not a reincarnation of Elijah. To help us make sense of this, it's worth knowing that before John the Baptist was born, the angel of the Lord said to his father, Zacharias, John the Baptist's father, Zacharias, concerning John, he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. That is how we are to understand Malachi chapter 4 and verse 5. The Lord sent John the Baptist in the spirit and power of Elijah, who by then was long gone, as I say, taken up to heaven in a chariot of fire. As the Bible commentator John Gill said, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet, not Elijah in person, who lived in the times of Ahab, but John the Baptist, who was to come in the power and spirit of Elijah, between whom there was a great likeness in their temper and disposition, in their manner of clothing and austere way of living, in their courage and integrity in reproving vice, and in their zeal and usefulness in the cause of God and true religion, and in their famous piety and holiness of life, and in being both prophets. It is a notion of the Jews that the very Elijah, the same that lived in the days of Ahab, shall come in person before the coming of their Messiah, they vainly expect, and often speak of difficult things to be left till Elijah comes and solves them. But for such a notion there is no foundation, either in this text or elsewhere. Therefore, in Malachi chapter 4 and verse 5, Notice was being given of the sending of John the Baptist in the spirit and power of Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. That's what it says there in verse 5. Before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. That brings us to the Lord, which you may have noticed is written in capital letters. Therefore, it is a reference to the one true God, Jehovah God, or Yahweh. In verse 5, we can be specific in saying that the Lord, capital letters Lord, Jehovah God, is in fact the second person of the Holy Trinity, the incarnate Son of God. John was the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ, And he heralded the arrival of the promised Christ 
with the words, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. You can see that in John chapter 1 and verse 29. In those words, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. John was declaring that Jesus had come in fulfilment of the Old Testament sacrificial system. In Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11, the Lord said to Moses, The life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. In fulfilment of those words, the Lamb of God has reconciled sinners to God by the blood of his cross. John the Baptist pointed people to the Lord Jesus Christ, as did all the prophets of the Lord before him, and as do all faithful ministers of the gospel. The day of the Lord refers to the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, and in the first instance, it was a great day, because God was manifest in the flesh, and he dwelt amongst people like you and like me. During his earthly sojourn, the Lord Jesus Christ fulfilled the Lord's demands perfectly for all who trust in him, and he paid the debt of their sins with his own precious blood. As it is written in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5, Concerning Jesus, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. It's not for nothing that the gospel of Christ is good news for helpless and hopeless sinners. And as we see in Malachi chapter 4 and verse 5, it was truly a great day when God was made flesh. But also, it was a dreadful day, as can be seen in verse 5. It was dreadful for the Jewish nation because of their rejection of the word of God. Jesus said to them, The kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. The result of that is the kingdom of God is a spiritual Israel, a nation of true believers made up of people of all nationalities, including Jewish believers and Gentile believers. And it is a nation that has the God of grace ruling in hearts through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Unbelieving Jews are still waiting for Elijah the prophet to come as the forerunner to who? According to Malachi, Elijah the prophet will come before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Therefore, there's still those who, those of them who are actually waiting for the coming of Elijah are still waiting for the Messiah to come. 
However, as we have seen, the problem with that is that the Messiah has come. He came 2,000 years ago, heralded by John the Baptist, who came in the spirit and power of Elijah. If only they would understand that. Let's have a look at verse 6. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. That verse describes the ministry of John the Baptist. At first glance, it seems as if John was sent to minister to families in order to bring about reconciliation between warring fathers and sons, which is an interesting interpretation, to say the least. I'm not saying it's wrong, but uh, I very much doubt that it's the right interpretation. When you consider that the gospel of Christ can be very divisive indeed, even in families. For example, in Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 to 36, the Lord Jesus Christ said, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I come not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. The angel Gabriel helps us with our understanding of John's ministry. And it helps us to understand Malachi chapter 4 and verse 6. When we look at Luke's gospel... It might be worth your while keeping a finger in Malachi chapter 4 and turning over to Luke chapter 1. Did you say Luke chapter 1? Yeah, Luke chapter 1. Keep your finger in Malachi chapter 4 and turn to Luke chapter 1. Okay, let's have a look at verses 16 and 17. This is the angel of the Lord, the angel Gabriel, speaking to the father of John the Baptist, the priest. He was a priest, Zachariah, the priest. John wasn't born at this time. Looking at verses 16 and 17. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias, or Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord." We can see in those verses that John's ministry was to make ready a people prepared for the Lord and they shall turn to the Lord their God, who, as has been explained, is Jesus. He is the Messiah. 
But notice that with regards to John's preparatory ministry, the words of the angel are not exactly the same as the words in Malachi chapter 4 and verse 6. And this is very helpful. They both said to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. You see that in Luke chapter 1 verse 17 to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the same thing uh, is said in Malachi chapter 4 and verse 6 but then Malachi said and the hearts of the children to their fathers whereas the angel Gabriel said and the disobedient to the wisdom or understanding of the just or the righteous can you see the difference there instead of the hearts of the children to the fathers, the, the, uh, Gabriel said, and the disobedient to the wisdom or understanding of the just. So how are we to understand all of this? What is it all about? You need to appreciate that the religion of the Jewish forefathers had become extremely corrupted by no end of man-made additions and traditions over the years and the emergence of different factions and schools of thought. Consequently, although the Jews loved to own Abraham as their father, they no longer had anything in common with Abraham. For example, Abraham had received a promise from God that in his seed, in other words, in Jesus, all the nations of the earth would be blessed and Abraham rejoiced to see that day. However, when the seed of Abraham finally did come 2,000 years later and he was made flesh, the Jews rejected him as has already been pointed out. Also, the Jews held Moses who was who had been in the world 1,500 years before Christ. They held him in high esteem. Again, Moses was very different to the Jews by the time Jesus came into the world. For one thing, according to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 26, Moses considered the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Clearly the Jews didn't. So the Jews had become so far removed from their forefathers, the patriarchs and people like Moses. John's ministry was one of preparing disobedient and unbelieving Jewish hearts for the imminent arrival of the Messiah whom their forefathers had looked forward to and who were justified by. They looked ahead to Jesus, the Messiah, coming into the world. And they were justified by faith. And John prepared their hearts by preaching a message of repentance and he baptised those who believed in the one who was to come, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Last of all, in Malachi chapter 4 and verse 6, the prophet finished his book with a very stern warning from the Lord for unbelievers when he said, Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. In the first instance, the curse of God was directed at unbelieving Jews, but more broadly, it is directed at everyone upon the earth who disobeys the gospel of Christ. Disobedience to Almighty God brings his curse upon you, and the greatest act of disobedience is to reject the Messiah the Lord Jesus Christ, whom God the Father has sent and whom John the Baptist proclaimed and heralded. To all of you who have not yet received Jesus as your Saviour from sin, what John said to the Jews is equally applicable now, and that is repent and believe the gospel. Amen.